0: Previously on Timehole.
1: Come on, please send us home.
0: Whoa. Whoa. <clears throat> oh. Welcome to April 30th, 1989. The world is buzzing about the launch of Nintendo's Game Boy and Madonna's Like a Prayer album.
1: I'm intrigued by this time.
2: There's some interesting stuff out right now. Twins, say anything.
0: I insist that you review an episode of the 1980s TV sitcom, Mr. Belvedere.
2: Oh jeez.
0: Working in the garage late one night, producer and computer programmer Gabe Dannon was attempting to create a sentient podcasting AI when he accidentally stumbled upon the code for time travel. With the materials he had at hand, Gabe built a machine he was certain would carry him into the past. With his trusty friend Anastasia Vigo by his side, he embarked on the maiden voyage. But an error in the machinery sent the duo hurling through random dates, unable to move on until they review a work of pop culture. Are Gabe and Anastasia forever trapped in the time hole?
2: There. We are trapped in a time hole.
1: Oh, geez.
2: Who is we? Well, it's me, Gabe.
1: And me, Anastasia.
2: When we're buds and we find ourselves in what would you call it? A predicament?
1: Uh, uh hijinks? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> See, the thing is, really quick, made a time machine. Now we're stuck in a time hole. Yeah. Uh we're being sent from Time period to time period with literally no control over where we're going to go next.
1: Our time machine, Adele, she's really taken over.
2: Yeah, and she's making us review a piece of pop culture in every time zone we arrive in. And here we are in 1989, and I feel like she's trolling us a little bit (laughs) with her selection this week. I mean... Yeah. Well, why why would she Like last week we covered a random British TV show. Yeah. But at least it was the first episode of that show.
1: Yeah. Not deep into the later seasons when everything is uh, extra bad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, she's we'll talk about it later. This week she had us watch just the episode of Mr. Belvedere that was on TV this week.
1: Yeah. Look, you, I mean, you can't just judge everything by the pilot episode, you know? Sometimes you got to take a random sample from the middle or the end.
2: <laughs> I guess that's true. I mean, I'm, was it the worst thing we've watched on this? Not by far.
1: That's true. And we, yeah, I guess that's saying a lot about the things we've watched. Um, but, you know, I have to say... Okay, we were both alive in 1989. Yes. I was pretty young. I don't remember like that many specifics, I guess, but it was um it's a unique time, I think.
2: Yeah, it is. I mean, I was 8 years old. I, I don't remember much about it at all, but I'm excited to check it out again. Yeah. Uh, I think this is one of the probably more interesting time periods for me. Like even the 1992 where we were a few years a few weeks back, not as interesting as 89.
1: Yeah. It's funny because you could have just then said a few years ahead, but we were there a few weeks back.
2: I know. It's so confusing. I mean- It's
1: it's like a Laurel and Hardy or like who's on first kind of situation here, people talking about time.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Laurel and Hardy meet Primer. (laughs) Uh, which was one of my favorite of their spin off movies.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to talk about these things.
2: Um, I did I did find uh, I went digging through the archives and I found my class photo from 1989. Oh my Do you god! See
1: it? Yes, I have to see. it Can this. you
2: see me? Can you find me?
1: Are you all the way on the end in the front
2: in yeah, the left? <laughs> <I'm> bottom left, <laughs> eyes closed. <laughs>
1: uh, you look stoned, Gabe. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I was maybe a little stoned eight-year-old. Uh this is my friend up here. You can see my friend Ryan. Yeah. I think you've met him before. Uh lives cool. up in San Francisco. Nice. Um and uh this kid here used to bully me.
1: Oh, he actually looks like a bully. He has the f- <laughs> he's making a bully face. Like he's bullying the cameraman.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is. He was a wow. he was a very big and t- tough. Little boy,
1: and you were uh, quite little. You were a little I was guy. little,
2: and yeah, they they did the classic. Let's line everybody up by height, and I was first. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you look so cute, though. You were just like smiling. You look great. Yeah,
2: I was a little at this point. I was a little smiley, dumb little kid.
1: <laughs> were you a silly, silly kid?
2: Yeah, I was silly. I was silly. I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit more later. I think
1: okay. Cute photo, though. I wish I had my 1989 photo, but I have no idea if I even have one.
2: (laughs) We'll try to put these up somewhere uh, where you can see them. Check the episode notes. Hmm. So, as per usual, what we do is we leave the time machine. Mm -hmm. We spend the week apart. uh, we, We collect experiences and we... Uh, Watch what Adele has assigned us.
1: Yep. And then we come back together and share our experiences with each other. And honestly, sometimes we do very similar things, and sometimes we do wildly different
2: things. Yeah, I'm curious Uh, if we'll have any crossover. If yeah. we'll see each other.
1: Yeah, maybe we'll, I'll see you, you know, walking across the street and wave at you.
2: <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, should we... Go out into 1989 and see what's up.
1: Let's get out there. Let's go.
2: Okay.
3: Hi, mister. Excuse me. Would you like to buy some candy?
2: Oh, um, I'm actually trying not to eat candy right now.
3: I mean, I guess you don't have to eat it, but you can buy it to support my school fundraiser.
2: Oh, um, what are you raising funds for?
3: You know, I actually don't know, but some people came to my school and there was an assembly in the auditorium and some people were doing yo-yos and they they said we could get prizes and I want to do the big money tornado.
2: Oh yeah, I remember those assemblies. They did those when I was a kid. Um, sure, yes, I will buy some candy. I would like to be supportive. Uh, how much?
3: Each candy bar is a dollar, and I know that's kind of expensive, but it really helps the school.
2: Okay, I have, let's see, I've got $8 here. How about I just give you the $8 and you can just keep the candy?
3: Really? Wow, radical! Yeah, here. Okay, I'm just going to put this in my fanny pack real quick. Oh, I'm crossing my fingers I get to go into that money tornado.
2: Oh yeah, my niece uh, went into one of those money tornadoes At her birthday at Chuck E. Cheese recently, and she loved it. It was, it looked cool. It looked really cute.
3: Oh, wow. I've never seen one at Chuck E. Cheese. I gotta find one. If I went to Chuck E. Cheese, I could just say screw it to my school and stop selling candy.
2: You're really just doing this for the money, Tornado?
3: Yeah. I can't wait to feel the wind in my hair swirling around me, my clothes being blown asunder, my hands reaching, grabbing, wrapping around those bills, money just slapping me in the face.
2: Uh, okay, yeah, well, I mean, that didn't really happen to my niece. She just, you know, grabbed a bunch of tickets.
3: Oh, it was a ticket tornado?
2: Yeah, you know, that's the Chuck E. Cheese economy.
3: Do you have any tips after seeing your niece do it?
2: Yeah, actually, you know, go for the really high-value bills, you know? Remember, one $10 bill is worth 10 grabs of $1 bills, so...
3: Oh, wow. Thank you, mister.
2: Just grab Uh, them and hold on tightly.
3: (laughs) I'm going to be the richest kid in school.
2: Oh, wow. You're, uh, You're just dancing away now. Doing the Roger Rabbit, doing the Running Man. Cool. Cool kid. Hello and welcome to a biz seg for this week.
1: Wow, we're already <laughs> at the biz seg. Can you believe it?
2: I know it's been a it's been a journey already, yeah, and there's so much more to come.
1: Oh, I can't wait
2: um, but yeah, this is you know we come in we like to stick our stupid heads in here in the middle of the show and say, "Hey, we got some biz.
1: We have some biz, and we want to seg it to you, baby <laughs>
2: yeah, um. <laughs> What do we got? We got links. We got sources. We got uh, emails.
1: So follow us on Instagram at TimeholePod. As we've mentioned, Adele, she's doing all of this for us. She can get us information, messages from these locations. Our website, Timehole.biz, has a contact page. And you can email us at hello at timehole.biz. So get in touch with us. We love to hear from you. You know, we're missing our time. We would love to know, you know, just what's going on with people back in 2023.
2: We've got some news. We're getting some. Have you heard any news that you like lately from 2023?
1: I heard about a cop slide.
2: (laughs) What's the cop slide?
1: This cop went down a slide way too fast and hard.
2: <laughs> okay, I gotta look this up after after we're done.
1: We'll get on the our iPads and I'll, I'll show Gabe the cop slide. It's so funny.
2: Oh my god! I and it's just losing it.
1: I can't wait for you to see it.
2: I can't wait to see it. Um, but yeah, so but we don't know what's going on with our friends, with our listeners. So we would love to hear from you. Yeah, get in touch. G.I.T.
1: Adele, you have anything to add?
0: Yes, we have an Apple Podcasts review from Lamps Plus. Five stars, of course. Oh, cool. That's nice. Um,
2: Lamps Plus. Okay. What, uh, What does it say?
0: I'm sad that Anastasia and Gabe are trapped in a time hole, but I'm so happy they're telling me all the pop culture stuff I want to know about random dates in history. Of course, I want to hear what they think of a river runs through it, or what they do when they get trapped in 1949. Yes, please.
1: Oh, thank you, thank you. That's Lamps so nice. Plus. I'm glad you're enjoying our misadventures slash adventures.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's on the line. Yeah, <laughs> the misadventures have a little bow on them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're kind of cute. <laughs>
2: Anything else, Adele? Is that is that it?
0: You too can have your review read by me, Adele, Star of the Time Hole podcast. Wait Hold on a minute. <laughs> Simply go to Apple Podcasts and leave a keen five-star review. We thank you ever so much, bruv.
1: <laughs> bruv! She's laying on the British a little hard right now.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um okay, we'll talk about who the star of the show is. Yeah. Uh, later. Yeah. If you do, yeah, Adele keeps asking. We don't want you to take too much time out. But, yeah, we'll read it on the show. We we, uh, we love the reviews.
1: Yeah, love the reviews. Love hearing from you. Also, if you have a spare moment, go and check out entertainmentcommunity.org. Um, if you can, please donate. Strike, from what we can hear, from what Adele tells us, Strike is still going on with the WGA and SAG. So um, every little bit helps to get them the the pay they deserve. Yeah. Um, Is that all the biz seg? We have any more biz?
2: No, I got to just go watch this cop slide.
1: (laughs) Okay, back to the show.
2: We are back. uh, Back after a week spent in sunny 1989.
1: <laughs> yeah, April, you know, summer's just starting. It was great. Uh, did you know that sometimes you go into a um Larry King voice? <laughs> when you say things like we're back.
2: Um he is he was a uh, quite a an inspiration to me. <laughs> RIP Larry.
1: You I mean he's still alive in 1989.
2: Oh yeah. That's right. <laughs> didn't watch him.
1: No, nope, neither did I. Never, w- <laughs> didn't watch him ever. I've never really watched his show.
2: I was a big fan of his Twitter account, but <laughs> never really watched his show either.
1: Um. So, uh, how'd you spend your week, Gabe?
2: How did I spend my week in 1989? Oh. One of the things I should have mentioned earlier in the in the intro is one of the biggest things that ever happened to me happened in 1989. <gasps> Later this year, I was in the uh, Loma Prieta earthquake. Oh, my God. Uh, in, in the Bay Area. I was at the World Series game when <gasps> it happened.
1: The Battle of the Bay or whatever
3: they call it? I was at
2: the Battle of the Bay with my grandpa. Oh, my God. Um, and... Everything started shaking. I thought they were doing it on purpose because it was the World Series uh, and I was eight. Uh,
1: (laughs) You thought um, when there's a big uh, play, they shake the whole stadium.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it was before the game started, but I thought it was like, you know, get pumped, everybody. Yeah,
1: wow. I remember watching that on TV. Um, It was just on and we were doing things. My dad was watching the... World Series and like, all of a sudden it started shaking and the announcers started you know panicking. Yeah, and I thought it was fake too. (laughs) I thought I thought why are they shaking the cameras? Yeah, I mean, did you get out? You must have gotten out of there. They evacuated it, right?
2: Yeah, we got out of there. It took us about three hours to drive back home uh, with all the traffic and the collapsed bridges and so on. I I remember I didn't go to a baseball game again for a while and and apparently I was like shivering
1: when I went oh, back. Oh, that must have been so scary.
2: Yeah, it was scary. But, you know, these are the things that shape us in life. So that happened later this year and mm-hmm. I mean, ima- imagine it happening to me that's one thing, but imagine it happening to this little oh,
1: goofball. That- <laughs> Little guy yeah. grinning so, you know, <laughs> such a huge grin.
2: Yeah, that's that was the day that grin oh. went away.
1: No, <laughs> and you became the stoic, serious man you are today.
2: <laughs> totally, um, but this time around, you know, there was no earthquake. But I spend most of the time inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did the one thing I did was I went out and saw a movie.
1: Uh Uh-huh, what'd you see?
2: There were a lot of good movies out right now.
1: Lots of classics.
2: Yeah, Say Anything is out, How to Get Ahead in Advertising, the um, Richard E. Grant movie.
1: I've never seen it.
2: Yeah, he grows a a boil on his neck, and then the boil comes to life.
1: Oh, my God. And
2: then I think it eventually becomes like a second head or something. That's the (laughs) plot of that movie. Anyway, I had seen those already. What I hadn't seen is this movie, Dead Calm, mm, um, uh-huh. starring Alan Grant, Sam Neill, yeah, and- uh, Dr. Grant. Dr. Grant, and Nicole Kidman, mm-hmm. and- Two classic Australians. Two classic Australians. Um, I-, I think Alan Grant is from New Zealand.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, gosh, I'm sorry.
2: My, um, forgive me. And the third classic Australian, Billy Zane-
1: He's not Australian, is he?
2: No, he's not. <laughs> he's American. He's American. He is, he is the, the villain in the movie. God, he's um, such a good villain. He, you know. Not I this. thought he was not a good actor. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it was. Anyway, movie starts out very promising. Seems like a really like strong, solid thriller. Then it gets gross. And I was like, I don't like this anymore. Oh, no. Uh, I turned on it hard. Uh, But then at the end There's this fantastic uh, Death scene So spoiler alert for dead calm um, (laughs) You gotta see How Billy Zane meets his end In dead calm
1: Let's see this I'm excited Okay he's holding a tray Oh no that's not Billy Zane Oh my god
2: (laughs) He gets some flares out
1: Sam Neill is seeing the silhouette of Billy Zane. Oh, my
2: God. Wait. He shoots a flare into Billy Zane's head, and the flare lights up Billy Zane's whole head like a jack-o'-lantern, and then it explodes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It explodes out the back. But the coolest part is that he sees Billy Zane's silhouette strangling. I'm guessing that's Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Yeah. And he shoots the flare through the sail right into Billy Zane's mouth.
2: <laughs> yeah. Incredible ending. Uh, Whoa. Great beginning. Um, bad middle. Bad middle. Dang. Other than that, oh, you know, one thing I was thinking about was when I was a kid, I was really into the ukulele. Mm-hmm. You know this about me because we've been friends for a long time. That you
1: still play it.
2: I still play a ukulele. Badly. I think you're great. Uh, thank you. Um that's nice of you to say. Um I lack rhythm and coordination. <laughs> but um when I was a kid, I had a little toy ukulele. Uh-huh. And then uh I lost it and I never had a ukulele again until I bought one again as an adult. Oh no. Um, so I was thinking about that. I was really missing playing the ukulele because I left it in twenty twenty three. Uh huh. So I went. I bought a new ukulele. It was only twenty dollars in nineteen eighty nine, which nice, really nice. And I was just kind of like staying at home and playing some of the like very good music that was out at this time. Mm -hmm. Um. So I was like very badly picking away at songs from the self-titled Stone Roses album that came out this week. Mm. I was thinking about how next month uh the B52s are going to come out with their Cosmic thing album. One of my favorites. Love it. Uh, it has Rome on it, which is like seriously one of the hottest jams ever.
1: <laughs> Such a good song.
2: Last month uh Nick of Time by Bonnie Raitt came out Ooh, and my mo- my <laughs> my mom will proceed to buy it and play it. Pretty much throughout my whole childhood. (laughs) And um, Eternal Flame by The Bangles. So good. Another hit. So I was doing a lot of that. And then just staying at home, watching Mr. Belvedere when it came on. Mm -hmm. Watching other, you know, I watched all of TGIF.
1: Oh, my God. Such formative television.
2: It really was.
1: For us.
2: And, yeah, um, reading the news, reading about... Oliver North.
1: Oh, my God.
2: He was found guilty this week in yep. his uh, Iran-Contra stuff.
1: Lots of bad news this week.
2: Yeah. Anyway, that's what I did. Oh, but you know that before I go, there's one thing I have to do, mm-hmm. which is do those birthdays.
1: <laughs> you love those birthdays.
2: I got to do the birthdays. I got to get a drop for the birthdays. You
1: should.
2: <laughs> what would be a good birthdays drop?
1: Um, oh, actually... Do you know that song that's, uh, it's from the 80s. It's like a um, new wave song that goes, happy birthday, happy birthday.
2: Oh, I don't. Well, I'll, I'll look it up. Okay. Recently born uh, the late Anton Yelchin. Later this month, uh, Justine Lupe, who plays Willa on Succession. Mm. WNBA legend Maya Moore will be born. Oh, cool. And also, later this month, uh, Christopher Mintz Plus, a.k.a. McLovin.
3: Whoa! hmm
2: And then, sad news, just a few days before we got here, Lucille Ball passed away. No! Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love Lucille. a horrible Lucy. wine-stomping accident.
1: <laughs> a chocolate-eating accident. She yeah. choked.
2: <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, Anastasia, how did you spend your week...
1: So you mentioned all the horrible stuff uh, is a turbulent time in April of 1989. The Central Park five incident just happened earlier this month. I won't yeah. go into that. It's very sad. Mm-hmm. There are protests happening in Tiananmen Square right now. The first McDonald's is currently being built in Moscow and Oliver North was convicted. Like you mentioned, it's it's horrible. Like. The the news got me immediately sad. So you know what I did? I went to the mall. Yes. <laughs> I did what every red-blooded American in 1989 did. Ignored all of the horrible things happening around me. <laughs> and um, I went shopping at The Gap and Forever 21 and Charlotte Roos and all of these stores that I don't think Charlotte Russe is around, but the other two I think are still thriving.
2: Yeah, I've never heard of Charlotte Russe.
1: Yeah, it was big in the in the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. So I picked out an outfit that looks uh, kind of like Rosie Perez in the beginning of "Do the Right Thing" because that movie came out um, this year, and I I love the big thing, fashion wise, for a young woman, which I'm not, but I'm gonna dress like one. <laughs> <laughs> is, um <laughs> kind of a frilly dress with tights underneath it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And like a big belt.
2: It looks cool, I think.
1: Yeah. I love this dress that Rosie Perez wears in the beginning of Do the Right Thing. Queen. And she's wearing red tights and red shoes to like just uh, sort of slip on ballet flats. Yeah. Also in the mall, there was a place to get my hair cut. 'cause the mall had everything at this time. You remember yeah. getting your hair cut at the mall ever?
2: Yeah, you always got the best haircut at the mall. <laughs> it was good, you know, you got your haircut and then you did uh what was the fashion place? The photo place?
1: Oh yeah, um
2: Glamour Shots. Glamour
1: Shots. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you went you got your haircut and then you went to Glamour Shots.
1: So I got my hair done like DJ Tanner from uh, Full House. Um, With little wispy bangs in the front and then like a big like poof going backwards uh, behind them.
2: She was, I think, inspired by, yeah, like the sort of Debbie Gibson, Tiffany style from this era.
1: Exactly. Uh, Did not see Debbie Gibson at the mall or Tiffany. I know they both did mall tours. (laughs) Uh, But I did go to Sam Goody and I listened to- Goody got it. (laughs) <laughs> i listened to madonna debbie gibson paul abdul all the hits of the time this was a real like female pop singer moment yes which i loved i was yeah very into it um you know there was lots of you know fine young cannibals were really really big at this time too she drives me crazy
2: can't stand that song <laughs>
1: Sorry, I brought it up.
2: Gabe. No, it's okay.
1: <laughs> like no <one> else. <laughs> so I didn't go to glamour Why shots. Why do you but... have to
2: make your voice so high? Why does it have to go that high?
1: <laughs> you, <laughs> you can't. You it gets you so mad. I should not have brought it up. Gabe is like so red and hulking out right now.
2: You don't go oh. full falsetto for the whole song. <laughs> Sorry.
1: No, I get it. I get it. I didn't go to Glamour Shots because it was too packed, but I yeah. went to the Sears Portrait Studio, which was more families and stuff. But, you know, it's I more got sensible. Good, yeah. You'll get a
2: more sensible shot there.
1: Exactly. It's just a blue background, you know?
2: Yeah. These are ones you send your grandma, not ones you send, you know, the William Morris Agency. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. So then I got an orange Julius and a Auntie Anne's pretzel. So good. Um, orange Julius is really good. Like, because the ingredients sound weird, because it's like got milk in it. It's like orange juice and milk. But then, yeah. when you actually taste it, you're like, this is so good. It's like refreshing, and it it tastes like orange juice, but it doesn't have the bite that like gives you heartburn.
2: Yeah. It's like tang and milk.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that delicious sounding combo of tang and milk. <laughs>
2: hmm
1: And then in the movie theater, or in the mall, I mean, there was a movie theater. So uh, I went to the United Artists Movie Theater in the mall. Fun. Um, and I went to go see Say Anything. Classic. But I was like, you know what? I've seen this before, so I'm actually going to sneak into another movie. Because I used to do that all the time as a kid. I just wanted to relive the glory years. So I went and saw this movie called Lover Boy*. Whoa. Starring Patrick Dempsey. Um, Carrie Fisher's in it. Kirstie Alley's in it.
2: R.I.P. R.I.P. Uh, Patrick Dempsey's still alive.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's still alive. <laughs> um, Randy Bodek is a rebellious college slacker living with his girlfriend his dad's mad at him because he is a slacker and he forces Randy to come back home and get a job and he becomes a pizza delivery boy, but there's a little twist. Um, he's not making much money as a pizza delivery boy and he ends up becoming a gigolo. And if you Ah. order a specific kind of pizza, they send him and then he goes with the pizza and then he sleeps with you.
2: Sex pizza, please. Yeah. I'd exactly. like the pizza with extra sex. <laughs> is that the code?
1: Yep, that was the code.
2: So his name is Randy, and it's not just a name.
1: <laughs> you know what? I didn't even think about that, but it's true. Uh the name they chose for this character was a little on the
2: nose. Wow.
1: So, yeah. Interesting movie. Oh, Kate Jackson from uh, Charlie's Angels was also in it. Wow. They would never make this movie today, would they?
2: <laughs> I don't think so. but Maybe.
1: I mean, I, I guess know. we made um, Deuce Bigelow, Male
2: Jiggle. <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't today. That, that was, was- <laughs> like 20 years ago. <laughs>
1: Gosh, you're right. And I
2: mean by twenty years ago, I mean twenty years prior to the year that we were before we got sent back in time, twenty twenty-three. Yeah,
1: but actually, probably like nine or so years from now. Yeah. <laughs> um. Keep so going. Keep up. Yeah, come on, people, get your diagrams in order. <laughs> I wanted to go dancing, and I noticed one of my favorite bands was playing a show, so I went and saw New Order play on April 30th at the Santa Barbara Bowl. So um, fun.
2: Oh, my God. Such a like good the show. Like, perfect, the perfect era to see them.
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe seeing them at the Hacienda would have been more perfect, but they're so cute, and I just love them. Yeah. So, I did all of that on April 30th, the first day we arrived. Whoa. The rest of the week, I was just watching TV.
2: <laughs> oh, my God.
1: I was watching all the hits, Full House, Perfect Strangers, you know, uh, yep. Miami Vice. Yep. Um, I did watch Jake and the Fat Man. First of all, what a interesting title.
2: Yeah. You, uh, who is it? William Conrad? Yeah. Plays the... F- Well, we got an audition for you, William. Uh, It's for the fat man. (laughs) That's my little, uh, I guess, Norm MacDonald bit about Jake and the fat man.
1: Well, it's very funny and insulting. (laughs) You know, it's like a murder of the week mystery kind of show. But it's a prosecutor and his private investigator. And the fat man doesn't do much except think Jake is running around catching bad guys <laughs> like tackling guys into the ocean it takes place in Hawaii anyways this season does other seasons take place in LA but anyways so yeah I just watched TV for the rest of the week and that was it
2: that sounds fun
0: yeah great week
2: Adele why did you pick Mr. Belvedere for us to watch this week
0: Ah, uh, yes. I selected this week's episode of Mr. Belvedere for you to watch because it features a particularly amusing and culturally relevant storyline that highlights the challenges of family life in the 80s. Additionally, the show's charming blend of humor and heart makes it a delightful piece of television history, worthy of discussion on your podcast. I hope you both enjoy the episode. Okay, Okay,
1: so... We know she, it sounds like she's a fan. <laughs>
2: yeah, it sounds like she loves Mr. Belvedere. Uh, I'm glad she provided us with a reason. That's fun. Interesting. Well, one thing that I want to talk about right off the bat is um probably the best thing about Mr. Belvedere, <laughs> which is that theme song.
1: Oh my god, actually that's the first thing I wrote down. This theme song to this day gets stuck in my head and there was a, there's a street in San Francisco San Francisco called Belvedere and mm. every time we saw that street name me and my friend Nathaniel would go streaks on the channel
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well let me tell you Anastasia one of the things I did staying at home and picking away at that ukulele <gasps> was I taught myself how to play the theme to no, Mr. Belvedere you did would you like to hear me do that right now? Yes! Okay.
1: Oh my God, I cannot wait. This is so exciting. This might be better than seeing New Order.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Streaks on the china never mattered before. Who cares? When you drop kick your jacket as you came through the door, no one glared. But sometimes things get turned around And no one's spared All hands look out below There's a change in the status quo Gonna need all the help that we can get According to our new arrival Life is more than mere survival We might Live a good life, yeah. Woo! Thank you, thank you. I'll be here all week performing <laughs> the theme song to Mr. Belvedere. That's
1: all you perform?
2: That's all I perform.
1: It was so good, Gabe. Thank you. Oh my God. I, honestly, that song is a jam. Like, I I want to just put it on a playlist.
2: <laughs> Sung by Leon Redbone.
1: Oh really? Damn. Yeah. No wonder why it's so good.
2: So what a classic. What a jam.
1: It was fun hearing it and the opening, you know, credits are so stupid.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I love that style of opening credits, the like mm-hmm. 80s style. Sometimes it would like show them in the middle of doing something and then they turn to the camera and be like, Hi. Hey. <laughs> um, and then sometimes it would show like everybody in like a frame. And then they yeah. would, everyone would be like, starring? Like, was Love Boat like that? Love know.
1: Boat had the heart around their faces. And yes. they'd be like.
2: Oh, I love that style, too. <laughs> they just don't do credits like that anymore. No. Now It's got to be like freaking old footage of Brian Cox and like some electronic. <laughs> Tune playing over it.
1: There's two styles of credits in 2023. There's the insanely long HBO credits that you're like, please end already. This is bananas. It's so long. Yeah. And then there's one where it's just like, boom. It's like one note and you see Mm -hmm. the title of the show and that's (laughs) it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Lost.
1: Any Netflix show, like, they don't want to have credits. They just Mm -hmm. show you the title of the show and it's gone.
2: 80s were the best for credits. Mm -hmm. I agree with myself on that one.
1: I agree with you and yourself.
2: (laughs) So this was season five, episode 22, entitled Almost Heaven.
1: This is season five, and this show ran for six seasons on ABC, which isn't it weird how a show could run for six seasons in 1989 and not really be available to watch anywhere?
2: Right. Yeah. There are lots of shows like that where where they're just lost to time. Yeah. Like, you would have to, like, know someone who worked in archives at ABC to get... Access to o- it. ...old tapes of it.
1: And they... Is that what you did? That's... No, we we went back in time, of course. We went
2: back in time and watched <laughs> it on live TV.
1: So you could do that. But I feel like there's probably a financial reason behind this because... They have to pay royalties to the writers and everybody like leon the,
2: Redbone
1: leon Redbone t v deals back in the day were great. You got royalties now you know they don't you don't get those kinds of deals so
2: now now you get paid like the same amount that um <laughs> the person who works at the front desk at Netflix makes
1: <laughs> yeah exactly you're you're getting like a entry level salary <laughs> at Netflix.
2: You're doing it for exposure, mostly. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, did you watch this show growing up?
1: My family loved Mr. Belvedere.
2: The show and the man.
1: And Yeah, I mean, honestly, we did love the man. And I, I think there's something about shows around this time where it's, like, truly about, like, working class people, you know?
2: yeah like,
1: I'm thinking about Roseanne and this uh show where it's like we're just working class people, but what if we had a butler and right. got money like i think i'm I think the premise is that they suddenly got money somehow,
2: <laughs> yeah, like the um Jeffersons right <laughs> or the Beverly hillbillies.
1: But yeah, uh, Mr. Belvedere is a British butler who works for an American family in suburban Pittsburgh. I read that in Wikipedia. I never knew they were in Pittsburgh.
2: Yeah, I mean, they were constantly eating sandwiches with French fries on them, <laughs> which would have been a good tip. And they kept calling each other yins.
1: Yins, yeah. And,
2: you know, going to work at the steel factory and so on. right? Talking about all the different rivers. Those are <laughs> the four Pittsburgh specifics I have. <laughs>
1: Um, Bob Euchre plays the dad, George, and Bob Euchre in real life was a sports caster for who? Milwaukee Brewers? I can't, I didn't write it down. I remember
2: he was in Major League.
1: He was in Major League.
2: And he was in a commercial, a pretty big commercial uh, at the time where he would go, you missed, he missed the tag. Yeah. Remember that commercial? Yes, I do
1: remember that commercial. Mm Mm-hmm. He was a sportscaster in Major League, which came out this year, right?
2: Yeah, earlier this year.
1: And in the show, he's a sports writer who eventually becomes a sportscaster.
2: I guess they did this more in the 80s. Wasn't Webster's dad also a sports guy? Yeah. They would just cast sports people in sitcoms.
1: Well, I think also, um, I don't know. What is there a draw for Bob Euchre? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I just I just think people were probably were like, oh, that's really neat that he still works as a sportscaster and also does a TV show.
2: Yeah, <laughs> like what if Jeff Van Gundy? What if there was a Jeff and Stan Van Gundy sitcom?
1: Okay, edit that out, Gabe. We need to write this sitcom. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Van Gundys. <laughs> they live next door to each other.
1: Uh, th- um, can we do the? in the opening credits where they open the door at the same time and the doors knock into each other and they're like, oh boy.
2: <laughs> the two Van Gundis <laughs> sitting in their undies.
1: Okay, this thing's writing itself. It really is. Okay, so this was kind of a very special episode, but I remember Mr. Belvedere most episodes had like a serious angle to it.
2: Really? Okay.
1: Maybe not all of them, but it, they did it often.
2: Interesting. Um, I didn't watch this show that much growing up. I w- saw it a few times. I feel like it was kind of like, yeah, d- just ending as I was, you know, getting to sitcom age, maybe.
1: Well, the main, like, through line, which I'm sure you gathered from this episode, is that Wesley, the youngest kid... Wesley. Has kind of a Dennis the Menace vibe with Mr. Belvedere. And a lot of the show was like Wesley being a little scamp and Mr. Belvedere being like, oh, you yeah. should have neutered yourself.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: So as not to have this child.
2: <laughs> exactly. And Anastasia, of course, is talking about the American Dennis the Menace, not the British one. No. Who's totally different. Is that true? Yeah.
1: I didn't know there was a British Dennis the Menace.
2: Yeah, he's got a slingshot and a dog. and
1: Oh, my God. He truly yeah. looks like a menace.
2: <laughs> yeah, he looks mo- like even more... Like, our Dennis the Menace is just annoying. This guy yeah. looks like he's like a real... Hooligan. He's a bit of a chav. <laughs> now, one thing I never knew mm-hmm. is that Mr. Belvedere is based on a novel. yeah. They also made a series of movies about Mr. Belvedere in the 50s um, for which uh, the main actor, Clifton Webb, got an Oscar nomination. Whoa. In the movie Sitting Pretty, which was about so Mr. Belvedere.
1: Maybe when we go back to the 50s, we'll end up watching a Mr. Belvedere movie.
2: <laughs> Speaking of Sitting Pretty.
1: <laughs> you We have to bring this up. We have
2: to talk about the time that... Famously, Mr. Belvedere was sitting pretty. He was sitting pretty much right on his balls.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is this true or is it a rumor?
2: Okay, from what I've read.
1: You've done some research on that. I this.
2: did do some research. Okay, famous story, Hollywood legend. Mr. Belvedere, the actor, Um, his name is Christopher Hewitt. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name was Christopher Hewitt, RIP. Oh, no. Sorry. Bob Euchre, Still alive. In twenty twenty three. Yeah. Um, eighty-nine years old. Anyway, Christopher Hewitt apparently had to be rushed to the hospital um for sitting on his testicles. And this has like been a long time piece of Hollywood lore. Right. The article I read, which, you know, I don't know how accurate it was, but it did list some sources. The story actually like originates with Doug Benson, the comedian,
1: oh, okay,
2: <laughs> who was during extra? the late eighties was roommates with the older brother on Mister Belvedere, Kevin, with Kevin. Wow. And here's the quote I read. Uh, this is a quote from Doug Benson, and he says, "The semi-definitive story is that my roommate at the time, Rob Stone, played Kevin on Mister Belvedere, and he came home early one day, and I said." Why are you home early? And he said, Mr. Belvedere sat on his own balls. <laughs> um, and so there are some varying stories about it. Like apparently Adam Sandler would tell this story a lot, but he would change it that like he he sat on his balls like while shooting a scene. And I don't think he was even on set. I think it was like it happened in a parade or something. And,
0: oh and my God. he just
2: couldn't do Um, But yeah, there was corroboration from people on the set at the time. So it appears to be a true story.
1: How embarrassing.
2: Embarrassing and owie. I mean, he was not a small man.
1: Well, and the fact that he had to go to the hospital and couldn't work means maybe he needed some suturing needed to happen.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) His his balls had... Erupted and needed to be re. <laughs> oh God! They needed to all the king's horses and all the king's men.
1: They had to put his balls back together again.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: Nice uh, callback to a past movie we watch.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't even think about that.
1: Um, man, wow. You know what? This actually kind of reminds me of our mentor, Mustang O'Malley.
2: Oh yeah. Famously huge balls.
1: Famously huge balls. And he actually had testicular torsion at one point in his uh, youth where his balls spun around. (laughs) Oof.
2: Uh, I think he's told me about this, but... uh...
1: Yeah, Gabe and I know him in different ways. He's my improv mentor and he's Gabe's science mentor. Uh, Yes. So, yeah, he he told us a story... um,
2: He was. It was a monologue. (laughs) Oh yeah. So
1: so my team. He coached my team. um, Stanky Doodle.
2: (laughs) I loved Stanky Doodle.
1: Yeah, Stanky Doodle was a good team. Um, What happened
2: to those other guys?
1: You know what? They're doing great. They're all doing great. Like one's an exec at NBC. Another one uh, writes for Law and Order SVU.
2: Wow. Really can't say the same about. The members of of our improv team, Horse Cop.
1: <laughs> we did have an improv team called Horse Cop.
2: Haven't seen any of those people pop up anywhere.
1: Uh, you know what? I lost touch with a lot of horse cop, but um but yeah, so one time Stanky Doodle was doing a show and Mustang O'Malley did a monologue for it, and the monologue was about testicular torsion and how it took him years to recover from it. So,
2: a lot of great scenes off of that.
1: Oh, yeah. Right, though. Lots of great scenes.
2: A lot of like,
1: ooh,
2: <laughs> ooh your my hand.
1: balls. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ow, my nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of scenes like that, you know.
2: (laughs) Man, I wish I could go back in time and go back to a Stanky Doodle show. Jeez.
1: Hey, maybe that'll happen at some point. Yeah. (laughs) But I can't go. I can't see myself, you know.
2: Right. You're right.
1: But anyways, in this very special episode, um, Wesley is a bad boy and he sneaks out to go bowling because he wants to kiss Denise. (laughs)
2: Denise is such a, like, 80s, I'm going on a date with somebody <laughs> name. Yeah. I'm going on a date with Denise.
1: You know what? I was thinking of that about all three of the kids' names. Kevin, Heather, and Wesley. Yeah. Like, I don't know any Heathers anymore.
2: hmm I don't no. know any
1: Wesleys. Where'd they no.
2: go? They, they were all in the 80s.
1: They only existed in the 80s, and then as soon as the 90s started, they poofed out of existence.
2: Yep. They started just going by Wes.
1: Yeah. And Heath.
2: And Heath. And Kev.
1: Kev, Heath, and Wes. Um, Great. Band. But yeah, so Wesley sneaks out of the house after many failed attempts to sneak out. He finally succeeds to sneak out. Uh, and Mr. Belvedere was supposed to be watching him, but he takes the Porsche, the the mother Marsha's prized Porsche, um to go look for Wesley.
2: I assume she got this Porsche in a different episode that we hadn't seen.
1: That's what I assume too, that they're because they talk about this juxtaposition of rich and poor. Oh, Dad's beater car, you know, beat up old Chevy or whatever they say versus mom's porsche uh, also she in the show she's she works as a waitress during the day and goes to law school um at night and and at some point i'm guessing before this episode she becomes a lawyer amazing so i don't know there's something interesting about that also sports writers make pretty good money i don't know
2: yeah in the 80s probably
1: yeah right yeah so while looking for Wesley, Mr. Belvedere wraps the Porsche around a telephone pole. Also, it's storming out, uh, and apparently a pizza truck cut him off. <laughs> they make so many fat jokes in this show. It's yeah upsetting.
2: Mr. Belvedere is well-established in this episode, loves pastries. <laughs> They're always yeah. trying to tempt him with moon pies and pastries ding dongs. and ding-dongs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mr. Belvedere... Gets in a horrible car accident. Um, He's probably gonna die.
1: He's in a coma, and they, the doctor, pretty much says he's gonna die.
2: Yeah, everybody seems to have accepted on the show that Mr. Belvedere is gonna die, and like almost to the point where like, I was like, "Is Mr. Belvedere gonna die? Is this (laughs) one of those things where like towards the end they just killed off Mr. Belvedere and like the rest of the show, where they got a second Mr. Belvedere? (laughs) I don't know."
1: it's his brother. Yeah. So, you see Mr. Belvedere as a ghost? They they're kind of doing a it's a wonderful life thing. I but it's weird. So, Heather's annoying friend Angela is an angel in this episode and she's showing Mr. Belvedere heaven and what life is like without him or whatever. And meanwhile, Wesley is struggling with guilt cuz he's like M- Mr. Bevel- Belvedere's going to die because of me cuz I was a bad boy.
2: <laughs> yep. That's the plot of this episode.
1: <laughs> yep. It gets the second half is so serious and yeah. when they do make a joke, it feels bad. <laughs> They're like, "Kevin, did you see the car? How is it?" And he goes, "It looks like it went four rounds with godzilla (laughs) and it's like this is not funny this is not a funny there's not a time for jokes
2: it still had some of mr belvedere's brains on the (laughs) windshield yeah can i uh can i say one thing about this um this family yes they got a great dog
1: oh my god they show the dog and i don't even remember a dog in this show but it looked so much like Louie. yeah your dog
2: that's what i was gonna say it looks so much like my beloved dog Louie, who i miss so much um huh. i have not seen him since you know we've been in this time hall but uh look at look at little spot he's so cute he
1: even has Louis' like uh, coloring. Like th- Louis has a spot around his eye, too.
2: Yeah. Uh, we'll probably put up a side by side picture somewhere.
1: Oh. Do you think, wait, Louis's from LA, right?
2: We don't know his origins. We got him in LA, but who knows where he came from originally?
1: I wonder if this is like Louis' grandpa or something.
2: It could be Louis' grandpa. That would be amazing. Wow. What a story. Um, here's here's uh, Spot doing Louis's signature squint.
1: <laughs> Spot with eyes fully closed.
2: <laughs> um, at one point, there's a flashback where, uh, or like a, what is it, a dream sequence? Yeah. Where Wesley is uh, coming home from jail, and he's wearing the striped jail um, uniform. Outfit, yeah. Outfit. But uh, little Spot's got a little jail outfit, too. It's very cute. It's (laughs) cute.
1: Yeah, that's like the what if Mr. Belvedere wasn't there and it's like, oh, everyone's bad. He went to jail and Marsha is a sex worker on the docks. (laughs) I mean, that's what they insinuate.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Spot also very smart. He... Presses play on the ju- on the uh, boombox. At one point, <laughs> he helps Wesley escape or whatever.
2: Yeah, um, great dog. Probably the best character on the show, in my opinion. Definitely. Also, there is a scene where they go to see a play. It's um, <laughs> they wanted to see uh, Raymond Burr in dancing. Raymond Burr, of course, was the original. Um, Perry Mason. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't there. It was his understudy. And his understudy was Rod Steiger. So that was-, was the joke <laughs> that they made.
1: This was such an old joke. I'm sure when I first watched this, I was like, who the hell are these people? And today I was like, who are these
2: people? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like had to look it up. I was like, this joke is for such a specific audience and specific time and it does not transcend that to other times or audience.
2: Right. And so they get back from their play, and mom's like, I'm going to go check on my Porsche because I love my Porsche. And it's gone. And she comes in and she's like, Our daughter took the Porsche again, but like the daughter's standing right there. This so is your. I just wanted to point out there was some more, I didn't know you were standing there humor in this show.
1: Which is your least favorite type of humor. I
2: don't like it. I don't like it. And you know what? I don't like it both because I don't find it funny and because I find it socially uncomfortable.
1: (laughs) You fear that someone's standing behind you. Yes. And you're talking shit about them.
2: Yeah. Or just like that seems like an awkward situation. I don't want to see it.
1: Yeah. Also, I I think a third reason to hate it is it's just so overdone. It is. It's so hacky, especially during this time period. It seems like it was done a lot, so.
2: Yeah. Well, I just think that, you know, uh, the writer of this episode, Jay Abramowitz, uh, just he wasn't thinking when he wrote that scene, and uh, uh, he's standing right behind me, isn't he?
3: He is. Oh,
0: (laughs)
1: Jay Abramowitz is just in the time machine.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's here. He's right behind me. Very awkward.
1: <laughs> uh, Get Jay, out of here, Jay. Yeah. Jay, can you leave, please? We're doing something here. Um. Anyways, finally at the end, Wesley confesses that he snuck out and says he's sorry to Mr. Belvedere and he loves him and gives him a big hug. And Mr. Belvedere magically wakes up and goes, uh, Wesley, you're standing on my tube.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's what he calls his balls. More ball trauma for oh, Mr. No. Belvedere.
1: His poor balls.
2: Ah, oh, so sad. Yeah, it ends very abruptly. Um. And yeah, like he's just like, I love you, Mr. Belvedere. And Mr. Belvedere, that was all Mr. Belvedere needed to hear to wake up from his coma.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, There's a tag at the end uh, where Mr. Belvedere's writing in his diary that he's going to get vengeance on Wesley. (laughs) And I'm like, wait, the whole moral was that Wesley apologized. What the heck? And then Heather brings in Angela and they give him a... They, Angela calls him Mr. Brontosaurus Which I guess is an ongoing thing That she never gets his name right mm-hmm. And they hug and that's it
2: <laughs> Yep 22 minutes went by fast Yeah But we've discussed it you know
1: We did our best Adele we finish Discussing this TV show Should we rate it now?
0: Indeed it's time to rate the episode Please rate this week's Mr. Belvedere on a scale of one to five perfectly starched shirts as a nod to Mr. (laughs) Mr. Belvedere's impeccable housekeeping skills. I'm eager to hear your thoughts on this classic 80s sitcom. Classic. Is it a classic? (laughs)
2: I don't know. Yes, um, Adele every week gives us uh, an assignment. We've got to rate it and we've got to rate it uh, on a scale of... One to five things that she, I guess, decides arbitrarily.
1: Yeah. So perfectly starched white shirts. You know, I think I'm going to give this. So this is hard because, you know, there's nothing like offensive about this. It's just such a typical sitcom of the time. Yes. Um. 100%. I, I just did not have fun watching it. <laughs> So I think I'm going to go 1.5 perfectly starched white shirts.
2: Yeah. Um that sounds pretty much uh exactly what I thought about it. Very much a typical sitcom of the time. Joke writing very lame. Nothing really hit. I like uh I like Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> I mean, he's an, an he's a fun character. Uh you know, I talked last week about the uh Jeeves and Worcester series by PG Woodhouse. Yeah. One of my favorite series of books and and TV show. And the thing I loved about that is basically all the jokes were at the expense of the, you know, privileged mm-hmm. stupid socialite. And it was the brilliant butler who would get him out of various scrapes. Right. In this one I didn't feel like it had... It definitely didn't have, you know, that dynamic. And it didn't really have a dynamic that was close to as compelling as that. Like, it didn't seem like Mr. Belvedere is really smarter than the family who works for.
1: Yeah, and I honestly didn't feel love between them. At one point, the doctor... You know, at the emergency room is like, are you his family? And they go, well, he's our butler.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: and that's it.
2: They're not even like he's like family. Yeah, <laughs> they he's don't practically say family. Yeah. And
1: no, it's it. it. Well, he's our butler.
2: Um, With all that in mind, I and I love the dog. Yeah, I'm gonna give him an extra half star for the dog. Half perfectly starched shirt for the dog. Um, and so I am going to give Mr. Belvedere. My highest rating yet, two perfectly starched shirts.
1: Oh, is that true? Wow.
2: Yeah. We it is true. really
1: have not liked stuff. Adele, are you giving us bad things to watch on purpose?
0: My sincere apologies if my selections have not been to your liking, Gabe and Anastasia. Hmm. As your guide, my intention is to provide a variety of cultural experiences from each time period showcasing a mix of mainstream and offbeat works. I shall endeavor to make more suitable recommendations in the future. Your feedback is appreciated.
2: No problem. Wow. No problem. Well, we'll see if... Uh, uh, let, let's tell her. So, Yeah. Adele, Anastasia is giving this one and a half starched shirts, perfectly starched shirts, and me a full two.
0: Thank you for your ratings. Gabe and Anastasia. That's our name. It seems that this episode of Mr. Belvedere didn't quite hit the mark, scoring 1.5 and two perfectly starched shirts. Now, the crucial question should we erase this episode from television history or allow it to remain for future audiences to appreciate?
2: Oh, you know what? It didn't even occur to me that we would only be erasing this one episode. (laughs) Me too. Because if we were going to erase all of Mr. Belvedere, I would say, let's leave it. It's got a banging theme song. It's got a cute dog. Mr. Belvedere himself is funny. It's got that great story about him sitting on his balls. Right. Like, let's leave it. But just this one episode, I mean, wipe it, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. You know what? I'm with you. This is interesting. (laughs) This brings up an interesting question, because I think in the past, we were thinking wipe the whole show, you know?
2: She specifically said... Should we erase this episode?
1: Yeah, she did. So, okay, yeah, let's erase the episode. It's unnecessary. I'm sure they had, like, 30 episodes this season anyways.
0: (laughs) Understood. This episode of Mr. Belvedere shall be erased from history, making room for other memorable television moments to take its place. Thank goodness. Now, let's get ready for another time jump, and hopefully this next destination will bring us closer to home.
2: That's no, yeah. that's all we that's all we've ever asked for.
1: That's what we want from you, Adele. I mean it's all up to you, I guess.
2: All right, here goes. Okay,
1: crossing my fingers.
2: Crossing my fingers, crossing my toes.
1: Push the button and here we goes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Woo! 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 Oh wow. <laughs> Brace yourselves. Gabe, and Anastasia. You've now arrived on the 22nd of June, 1963. Welcome to the swinging 60s, a time of groundbreaking music, revolutionary social movements, and bold fashion choices. Wow. Enjoy experiencing the sights and sounds of this influential decade.
2: I think I will enjoy that. I'm excited. I love the 60s.
1: Yeah, we haven't been in this decade uh, so far, so... This is going to be interesting.
2: Neither of us were alive yet.
1: Neither of us were alive. Our mentor, Mustang Mally, he was only a little kid. He was born yeah. in 61.
2: so Already huge balls, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think when he was born, the doctor said, get a load of the balls on this one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's exciting. I mean, there's so much to talk about in the 60s. I don't even want to look at what... I didn't even want to peek yet. Let's just talk about it next week.
1: Yeah, let's just, let's just do it. Let's do it. I'm excited. What's our assignment um, this time, Adele?
0: For this week, please watch and review Tom Jones, 1963, directed by Tony Richardson. It's a rollicking adaptation of the Henry Fielding novel featuring Albert Finney in the titular role as a roguish yet charming young man navigating 18th century English society. Enjoy the cheeky escapades!
2: Wow, oh, interesting. Geez. I mean, oh
1: jeez. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that's our episode.
1: Wow, so much has happened. Um, so much ball talk.
2: <laughs> so much ball talk.
1: Thanks, everyone, for for listening. Um, to our adventures.
2: Yeah, uh, I had a great time. I think I'll probably go the rest of my life without watching another Mister Belvedere.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there.
2: (laughs) But that was fun. It was fun talking about it with you. And I'm excited to do it again next week in 1963. Mm -hmm. What a year. Exciting. Anyway, thank you to all the listeners. We appreciate it so much. And we will see you next time.
0: time. Follow the show on Instagram at TimeholePod and visit our website, timehole.biz. Andrew Baer created our theme music. Andrea Tamingas designed our artwork. Many thanks to them both. For more information, links and sources, check out the episode notes. Timehole is an independent production created by Anastasia Vigo and Gabe Dannon.